eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. So, our season ended and Justin and I recorded right after the season ended, right after that game, six. And um, and then we were like, we're taking a break. I don't know when we're going to be back. And after about a week and a couple of days, we here. And so, uh, but some things went down, you know, in that time. There were like some reports that came out, right? So all these uh, reports started dropping about pools and the relationship with the team and more acknowledgement about how much Draymond Green and the punch and that situation impacted things, right? Mm-hmm. Kerr said stuff. Draymond said stuff. By the way he said stuff, Poole said stuff. You know, Poole didn't say much, but it's the way, the ways in which he didn't say much and how he said it that let us know that shit wasn't mm-hmm. sweet. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so... Um, he did a sit down with a Logan Murdoch for the ringer. Um, that story was circulating around for days. I think also he did a sit down with ESPN. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Draymond be, you know, who did Draymond talk to? Stephen A. Smith. Was that who he went and talked to? I think it was Stephen A. He said stuff on his pod too, but I'm pretty sure it was like Stephen A. When he first said the, when he said the like, oh yeah, it definitely impacted the season or whatever. And then Steve Kerr, you know, in his exit interviews. So, you know, they didn't say anything that we ain't ready now. Right. Mm-hmm. There were there were many who wanted to believe that that um the punch was long over and everybody had moved on. And I never believed that shit for one minute. Never. And, you know, like some people don't like that I say this, but I really do believe Draymond cost them another chip, you know? 
I think he cost them in 2016. And yes, there were other factors at play, but I just think regularly getting yourself suspended, whether it's for a game, and that's what it always is. I mean, he's now had multiple suspensions in the postseason. They have an all cost, but it's very costly when your best player is compromised mm-hmm. for your second best player to then go ahead and the anchor of your defense, even if you think Clay is the second best player at that time, very costly. Very mm-hmm. costly for them, you know? And people often talk about what Dre came back in 2016 and did in game seven, but all often overlook what he didn't do in game six, which was show up and help Steph, you know? Because Steph was the only one who came to play that night, you know? Before he got kicked out for foul trouble or toss, right? Because he fouled out. He was, they were starting to mount a comeback. Yeah. You know, that kind of goes forgotten. And I just think after he, I just don't think Steph had anything left to give <laughs> after game six. He was done. Yeah, gassed. Gassed and gassed, his body, his compromise. And so it's just like you, you can't compromise your team more when your star mm-hmm. is hurt, you know? And then just later, other times, the, you know, so it's just like, you know, it's like, yeah, he's helped them win, but he's also cost them. And that's, that's just the truth, you know? And so um, Draymond Green, in my opinion, this is definitely the second title for me, in my opinion, that he cost them. They go away. They're wherever they are. What country were they in? Were they in China? Where were they? Japan. Japan. They, it's vibes. It's immaculate <laughs> vibes, son. It was it's immaculate vibes. Immaculate vibes. Wiseman was hooping at that point. <laughs> PBJ was getting his um appearances and looking like Otto Porter. It was immaculate vibes in Japan. And then from there, it just kind of went downhill. Now I will they say JP, think, they were like messing with animals and shit. I mean Yeah, the hedgehogs. That was funny. Like <laughs> I do think that ruined obviously the punch ruined the vibes for the rest of the season. Um I do think they still had some issues basketball wise that could have still been, you know, the reason why they ended up not repeating. But it didn't help at all that the vibes were fucked up. You know, they if your vibes are good, you can overcome some of the some of the basketball things. Like we see Miami, their vibes are carrying them jump shots into the into the rim right now. <laughs> that's, that's the only way I can explain. The, that's why they are the perfect example. And I don't want to ever hear people tell me shit again about because that's what the Warriors could have been if they liked mm-hmm. each other this season. Right. And if and if people did not have individual selfish motives. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Draymond. Oh, it's, it's all of, it was all of the Buddha roster this season. It was all yes. <laughs> like they could have been fine. They really mm-hmm. could have. And so it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And we hope they learn from from it. And uh, you know. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I tweeted today. I tweeted today. That's that has to be first and foremost established, you know, in the foundation for next season. Check the egos at the door, like Clay. Like it's all fine and dandy that you want to be a certain level of individual player, and you know. As people, we all have our individual aspirations for ourselves, but at the same time, it has to be team first if you want to win a championship. If you don't care about winning no more championships, then by all means, do you, bro. But if you want to win a championship, your ego got to be checked at the door, Clay. Draymond, and that's you, you have always to keep saying. You keep telling us you want to win championships, but y'all doing right? stuff that's counter to that. Right. Um, you know, Draymond, the whole all this stuff outside of the of the team. Like, like I said, that's cool, but the team and winning a championship has to be at the forefront, and you can't be all buddy-buddy with people that you're in a series with, and, you know, you go right to wanting them to win the next series after they just beat y'all. It just feels like his your heart or his heart this season wasn't – not necessarily this season, but in the moment of playing the Lakers in the playoffs, in that moment, it didn't seem like he was like, I want to rip their heads off right now. It was just like, I'm just playing basketball. You know, this is one of my other, this is one of my jobs. That's what it felt like. And it's like, nah, it got to be, you know, we got to win this fifth championship or I will never, you know, I'll always regret it. It got to be that type of focus um, with him. And all the young guys, it's, it's unfortunate that you want to have a certain role compared to your peers and you know, all this type of stuff starting and playing big minutes, all type of stuff. But if you're on this team and you want to win championships, then you have to essentially fall in line. And it's like but I they said, may not want to win championships. They want to that's play. My thing. And, right. and that's also OK. Like they're young right. players. So that's OK. That may not be their goal right now. And by the way, it's not everybody's goal in the NBA. That's fine. You know, and I, I think that people need to like come to terms with that, you know? So it's like, I, like of all the people, I fault the young players the least. Like, one, they're young, so they're just more immature, mm-hmm. but like, that's what they're supposed to want. They're supposed to want to get on the court and to play. They've been waiting their whole lives for this, they've been waiting exactly. their whole lives for this. Exactly. And I mean, that's, you know, talking to the people who are, you know, on Twitter saying like, oh, they're not winning players. They're selfish and all this type of stuff. It's like, bro, they're 20, 21 years old, 22 years old. Like their basketball career, they have their full basketball careers ahead of them. Right. So right now they're trying to establish themselves as, you know, good players in the league. They, and they by should the way, a full basketball career is what, 15 years if you're lucky? If you are extremely lucky and if you're a Hall and of good. Famer, yeah, and really good. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't you can't just label them these negative things just because they want to play. They should want to play. <laughs> they should want to start. Like, like, oh, they have play. all this time. They actually don't have all this time. Right. They don't. Right. They might get 12, 13 years. Yeah. And you, you realistically just can't expect players in their position to have the same mindset as Damian Lee, Juan Descano Anderson, be at least the guys who are barely still in the league, trying to hold on, trying to fight for, you know, the only way they can stick in the league is if they contribute championship level, whatever it is they bring to the table to each team. 
That's the only way those guys stick into the league. So, of course, they're going to do all the championship level things. You can't expect lottery picks and high draft picks and guys with all this upside to just fall in line like that. That's why I agree. I fault them the least in the in the whole thing. It starts at the top. You are putting but these young guys imagine being on the bench and not being able to play for Anthony fucking Lamb. Y'all, I'd be entitled right. too. <laughs> for for Anthony Lamb and Come on, you son. Know, and and guys, you know, guys, even the veterans who are out there weren't performing or just out there playing selfishly themselves. You see that as a young player, you like how you get mad at me because I'm looking for myself, looking out for myself, and you got guys that's been here doing the same thing. So you 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 can't expect anything other than for it to go down the way it went down this season. And it starts at the top. You have to establish what what direction are we going in. And if you're going in a certain direction, you can't have all these different agendas going on at the same time. You literally have to pick a side. You know, we were, I mean, we were saying this last year too. They ended up winning a championship because I do think they, you know, Wiseman got hurt for one. So he was completely taken out of the equation and it was left with Moody and Kaminga. It's only two guys compared to, well, JP was firmly in the rotation, but he was a young guy. Um, three young guys compared to 11 veterans and then Wiseman's off to the side because he wasn't playing. So you had no choice but to lean into the veterans. But now you come back the next season with five young guys. Well, if you include JP, what is that, six? Mm -hmm. Six young guys and an open spot compared to eight veterans. And if you if you count Dante as a veteran, he could be a, counted as a young guy too. What is he like in his fourth, fifth year, sixth year? Right. So it was it was never it was never going to go as smoothly as they thought it was going to be. Um, hopefully they realize that now and they just you know, you don't have to completely ditch all of the young guys, but you got to establish some type of direction um, with the with the vets, in my opinion. For sure. So, you know, I, like, you know, Jordan said in that interview that he's like, well, why wouldn't I be here? Or why, why would I win with something like that? But like basically saying like he wants to still be here. And my response sort of to that is like, yeah, but you want to be here under what circumstances, right? Like, mm -hmm. you want to be here no matter what it takes. You want to be here as long as you get to start. You want to be here as long as Draymond isn't here. Like, what? You know what right. I'm saying? Because there were things to me that dropped in that article that, in my opinion, didn't put the Warriors in the most favorable light. It sort of seemed like, Jordan was forced into some things. Not like they said to him, like, hey, you have to do this or else. But just sort of the pressure of feeling like, you know, you got to work it out with him. You got to, because like, it, it, you know, it rests on you. If you don't want something, then they're not going to do it. And then everyone's going to be looking mm -hmm. at you. So, you know, I just. I don't, I don't think that that situation is tenable and I don't think that it's fixable to be honest, like fixable in the sense that it will be, they can get to a point where it won't matter for purposes of them competing. I just, I'm not mm. sold on it and I never was sold on it. I was never, you know, you don't, he was assaulted 
I know people don't want like to use certain words because it's teammates and it's, you know, but he was assaulted. He was assaulted by his teammate. And then it was put on display for the whole world to see. I don't I know how you that... come, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah. I think that portion of it makes it like almost unfixable, right? Or pretty much unfixable. If it if it didn't get out to the public and everybody saw it and the embarrassment that comes with that and the shame that comes with that, and then the whole press release, press run from Draymond about, you know, whatever the fuck he put out on Turner. Um that and then obviously he's going to hear it from people in the stands. I'm pretty sure when they were playing, was it the Lakers or the, the Kings? They were chanting Draymond punched you, like all stuff like that is going on. And then that's um, just what they're saying publicly. That's just what they're saying. All right, out loud. You know on the court, the shit we can't hear. Right. And then on top of that, just, you know, for the last two to three years, really every year of his career, his role, his minutes have all been yo-yoed up and down, up and down, up and down. Steph ain't playing. Okay, you starting. Steph back, are you playing 15 minutes? Clay not playing. Okay, you starting. Clay's back, you playing 15 minutes. Oh, we need you to play off the ball. We need you to fill in for Clay. We need you to play on the ball. We need you to play on pick and roll. We need you to, like, all this different stuff. He's being pulled in all these different directions instead of having a clear, concise role. Um, and part of that and is he's because like, what's he's so my talented. thanks for that? What's my thanks for that? I get scapegoated and blamed for everything. For, right, right, right. Um, yeah, like, it's just, it's very unfair um, to him. And, you know, the whole Draymond thing, I think if he was in a role that was consistent and he knew what was going to be asked from him every single night, I do think his play would be better, for one. And I do think it would be easier for him to coexist with Draymond on that professional level um, because there would be one less thing that he got to worry about. Right. So now in, in, in this case, Clay's not coming out that starting spot. We heard it from Kerr. Right. So his, his role is going to be yo-yoed yet again if he's back. Um, and then he just playing with under like non-ideal circumstances, right? None of his bigs can score. Um, Wiggins missed. And that's the other part, which is why I don't think he's going to be okay with not starting. And like, people just like, he needs to figure it out. He needs to, but Clay and the others didn't have to figure that out. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you're going to keep him on the bench, and as a six man, you have to put the right players around him for him to succeed too. Right. You can't just say you have to make it work with people who don't complement your skill set. Thank you. I mean, that's what we were saying <laughs> this year, right? We don't got no bigs that can score. Jamaica was a miss, right? If he's not shooting a wide open shot that he can load up his jumper for five seconds before he let it go, he is not hitting the shot. He don't make extra passes. All this, all this extra stuff. Um. You need smart veteran players that know how to play with a guy like Jordan that can actually score and hit the shots that he creates, which opens up the floor for him. Um, and obviously he's not completely free of blame, right? His jump shot completely regressed and his effort on defense wanes, but it, they did not do what they could have done to make his job easier. Last year, 2022, they did that. They had a guy like Otto Porter and Bielita both Guys who can hit the three, rebound, space the floor, make the extra pass, attack closeouts, do all these things that opens up the floor for Jordan. Gary Payton as well. He was healthy. 
You know, he wasn't really healthy this season. You can tell all those things allowed Jordan to be the best version of himself. And in this year, it was like the opposite. Everything was in place for him to be the opposite of that. So they yeah. got to get back to if, if, they, if he's going to be here, they have to make it a priority to open up some space for him in particular, you know, and if you open up, open up space for him, then Steph is obviously going to be able to take advantage of that extra space as well. So that's, I mean, it's got to be a priority. It's got to be a priority. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. So, I mean, all that said, I think Jordan Poole is going to get traded. (laughs) Um, And mostly because, not because I don't, so there's a few things, right? Like, I think Jordan Poole still has so much potential to grow and be something special in this league. And I'm going to hate when that does eventually happen. And he probably is not on the Warriors. Um, because, like, look look at what we could have had, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like I said, I don't believe the situation is, is tenable. Salvageable. Salvageable. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think it is. And because of the new CBA rules, even without the new CBA rules, it was going to be hard for the Warriors. So their only path to improving is through trade. Mm-hmm. Clay is not tradable. Well, their their only path because of the other dynamics at play with the Draymond and Poole thing. Technically, internal development could be another path for improvement. But it just don't seem like that dynamic is very possible with no. the yeah what's going right. So yeah, so and, and yeah, no, and uh, I think everybody's sort of over development, as in like the vets and stuff. So I don't, I don't think you can sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you yeah. can sell them on that. You know, so. Jordan and and so Clay like and no one's taking that con that contract anyway. So you can't look to Clay because teams aren't trying to get older. They're trying to get younger. They're trying to get more athletic. They're trying to you know. So mm-hmm. um and and Dre after Steph is somewhat um indispensable, right? I say mm-hmm. somewhat because I never – Steph is the only one who, you know. The circumstances – yeah, I think the circumstances make Draymond indispensable. Right. Steph, Steph is who he is as a player, which makes him indispensable. All right. With, right. Yeah, with Draymond, the money, the money situation is not going to allow you to replace his value. Um, no. But and if what he had cap space – Right. If they had cap space, he's much more dispensable. <laughs> and and also, like, 
what Jordan Poole is very important to this team. So, because I feel like it's like when we're saying that like Dre is more important, it's not because they they're not both important. It's that it's easier to sort of it's easier to replace what Jordan mm-hmm. does than what what Dre does, right? But Jordan is very important. Like we know part of the reason they did not win this postseason is because Jordan and Clay mm-hmm. were not giving you what you expect them to do. It's needed. You need the shot creation. You need the 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 um you need him attacking. Mm-hmm. You need him driving to the rim. You need him doing all that stuff and drawing fouls. We need right. all of that. And couldn't even he was basically unplayable. Right. And he was even they, is, and they kept trying to get him going. They did. Right. You need you need to play a little bit too much and too long, long, but they did. But they right. were doing that because they needed him. And that's what I want people to understand. Because there seems to be this idea like he's not needed. No, he was actually really needed. Oh, for he sure. Really <laughs> <laughs> and people like, you know, there's there's people that want to push more towards having a legit second option. And I'm cool with that, right? But a lot of the people that are in that camp are somehow dismissing that you can still win a championship without a legit star as your second option. And I push back on that because we saw them do it last season. All right. Jordan was not great every single game in the postseason last year. Clay probably had more games last year in the postseason where he wasn't that good compared to the ones where he was good. And Wiggins was kind of like neat when he was needed, he stepped up offensively, but for the most part, he kind of took the back seat offensively because of his rebounding and defensive responsibilities. Those three guys took turns being a second option. Right. First few games against Denver, Jordan was on fire. He averaged like 30 those first few games. Then he tailed back. Clay stepped it up. Then against Memphis, Jordan started that series great. He tailed back. Clay stepped it up. Against Dallas, Jordan was on fire the whole time. Wiggins stepped up a few games. And then against the Celtics, Jordan and Clay kind of struggled a little bit because of the um, Celtics' athleticism and size on the perimeter. And Wiggins averaged 18, 19 points that series, and he was their be- second best. Like he was their second option that series. So it's possible to do it, but you can't have two out of those three not playing well. That's when it really looks bad. That's when it looks like, okay, we need a legit second option because both Clay and Jordan were not great in the postseason. And both. I'm willing, yeah, I'm willing to bet that that probably wouldn't happen again. Um, because they were both like they weren't only bad, they were atrocious. Like Clay shot something like 20% from three or something. I don't know. It was something terrible. And Jordan shot even worse than that. It was like nine percent from three or something in Lakers. Oh, it was something ridiculous. crazy. I don't think that's gonna happen again, or it would happen again. Um, I'm not saying run it back, but I'm just saying it's definitely possible to replicate the number two option by committee type of type of deal. Um so yeah, awesome. I mean, and back to your and back to your point about um, it's easier to to replace what Jordan does. That's why he's a little bit more tradable. But he's also just more tradable because he's younger. Like right. you said, nobody's taking Clay's contract, especially if he. The only the only way I can see them trading Clay is if he's saying, "Give me a max after this season," 
Right. And if he's saying give me a max after the season, who's trading for a Clay Thompson that wants a max after the season? Nobody. Yep. Even if his contract exactly. is expiring this year, nobody's saying they want they want to bring that into their um into their fold. So he's not very tradable. And then you look at Draymond. Draymond's not very tradable. Let's let's just be honest. Um, even if he opts in, nobody wants to absorb Draymond Green for twenty eight million dollars a year. <laughs> so, so the only thing that's attractive that could potentially be attractive to other teams is 23-year-old guard who has all-star potential that's going to be locked down for the next five years. Like, So it just is what it is. Man, listen. It's sort of annoying that we're in this. I like. I don't even like talking about it, but it's just sort of like I've accepted what the reality probably is going to be, and it's really, you know, like I keep saying it, but it's really, it's sad. It is. Yeah, it is. It's sad. Yeah, we should have we should have been celebrating or getting ready to go back to the finals to win another one, um, but just don't happen like that all the time. So, it definitely is sad that it could potentially you know, end with Jordan being sent off or some of the young guys being sent off or whatever the case may be, whatever happens. Um, but it just it just happens that way sometimes. It is what it is. Nah, man, that's annoying. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. It's not right. Yeah. It is not right. Draymond got to keep his hands to himself. You know that shit had annoyed me the whole, 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 oh my God, I was so irritated. I was so irritated. You know that. Yeah. I was like, every time, you know, and people, you know, people think I'm being unfair to Draymond. I see some people feeling like you, you guys have turned on a great, you know, like what, like. How does Draymond still continue to earn? Like, I, I, well, I you know what I'm most floored by. You know what I'm most floored by. Okay, yeah. fine. You want to give him a pass? Like to me, I just thought. I don't know. I I think it's weird that Jordan Poole is homegrown. You know, I get it a little bit with Katie because you came to the team. And so I, I got people picking sides. But Jordan is ours. Mm-hmm. He's ours. He's homegrown. Yeah. And that you're still like, fuck Jordan. Because Dre is very weird to me. It's weird. That is weird. <laughs> Especially you know, considering everyone knows Jay was in the wrong. Exactly. And then, and not just that, but Jordan helped us. He helped right. us win and helped carry the load this season. Yeah. People like are, if Jordan I mean, went down or wasn't around, we may not be in the playoffs. Right. And I don't think people realize that. They don't, they're not thinking about it because it's not what his it's not recent. That's 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 my biggest takeaway from the fan discourse immediately after the season ended. It's Clay sucks, Draymond sucks, Jordan sucks, Kerr sucks, 
You know what I mean? Like where these guys aren't perfect. You know, Clay and Dre aren't as good as they used to be. Jordan isn't as good as he was last year. Kerr has his very clear flaws, but we're lo- we're looking at them in their worst moment and then evaluating that them as that and ignoring all the other good stuff that they've done up to this point. Like you said, without Jordan, they don't make the playoffs. They're probably in the play in or out of it. Without Clay, same thing. Without Dre, same thing. Um, you know, they just had a low moment. It happens to everybody. So, you know, we just can't judge them at their worst and say this is them, in my opinion. Oh no, and that's I exactly agree. what people that's exactly what people are doing with Jordan. I'm personally leaning towards, you know exploring the avenues as far as like moving off of Jordan because it makes the most sense for a roster construction standpoint. And for the details I said earlier, he's, he is the most movable and attractive piece to other teams. It's not because I'm done with Jordan Poole. It's not because he's not a good player. It's definitely not because I don't think he has potential. He, like I say, I think he's an uh, all-star caliber guard in a year or two in the right situation. But like I said, nobody wants Clay, nobody wants Dre. So your only avenue to improve the roster outside of internal development is to trade, like you said. So that's just the reality of it. Really but it's not important what you said. All. I think it's really important what you said because maybe, you know, and we know it's hard to become like an all-star in the West. But even if he's not, he's like a... You know, like, I mean, I think actually now going forward, Jamal Murray is probably going to become an all-star after this this postseason. But mm-hmm. it's like, there are guys who are all-star level players, you know, CJ McCollum, who never became an all-star, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, to me, he has like that CJ McCollum kind of, you know, ability to get there. But he's a young player and like growth and development isn't always linear you right and sometimes you just have a really bad time or really bad season or really bad stretch or a down year or whatever and to me i don't know why we can't look at that as like an isolated incident you know give him a chance to come back and see what he does instead it's like one him off the team he like conned the org he got paid all this money and stopped caring and that could be anything, right. you know, that's anything but the truth, you know? And so I just, I felt like the discourse around Jordan became really weird. I didn't mm-hmm. like all of the IQ discourse. Cause yeah, like the decisions he makes on the court need to improve. No question. But after a while, I'm just not comfortable with how much people want to just like, I just don't like it. You know, it's like undertones. Like, it's just like. I mean, I feel like it's the same, honestly, with like Jokic and Embiid. It's like, oh, Jokic is so superior. I mean, he's so much smarter than him. It's like. Yeah, I try to stay away from the term smarter or dumb player. Yeah. I'd rather use a term like better decision maker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more poise, stuff like that, right? Like, and by the way, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it too, because I be saying all the time that the Wolves play low IQ basketball, like collectively mm-hmm. as a team, I say that. And I sort of said it about the Wolves too. And I've tried to like be more mindful of that. But like, you know, this idea that like 
I don't know. I just, you just got to be really careful with how you're talking about people. Right. For sure. So I, I didn't like that either, especially when it was like the comparisons with Jordan and Dante. And it was just like, oh, Dante, so high IQ. And pool is like, nah, <laughs> stop that. <laughs> stop right. that, you know? Um, so, because why are you so quick? Why are you so comfortable mm-hmm. to want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is not true. Dante everything... is going through stuff too. That's exactly. That ain't... <laughs> yeah. And all y'all been perfect at every job. Y'all never did questionable things. It didn't take you a little longer to ever get things before. We've all had a job like that at some point in our lives. You lying if you tell me you haven't. Right. So I just, you know, I, you know, it's it's sort of to the point, it's a little different than Wiseman, but it's sort of to the point where it's just like, I just want Jordan to be in peace, man. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I want him to be in peace and not deal with this. Mm-hmm. And people are quick to say his contract is bad and all of this stuff. He's overpaid. I just, I mean, I push back on that a little bit because there too. is a player, there's a player in there that is definitely worth that contract. Um, you know, even even in his low moments, like over the last two seasons, you look at his numbers. If you filter it to per 36, which is about starters minutes, right? It's 23, 5, and 4. Um, that's pretty good production, right? Last, I mean, this year it was at 25 per 36. When he was a starter, he was averaging 25 a game. How many people in the league are really averaging 25 a game that aren't making 30 million a year? He's perfectly capable of averaging 25 plus a game. That in itself makes him in that in that market for that type of player. He's giving you five assists. Um, he can do it all over the court. He did it in the playoffs before, right? Now it's take my guess on which one is real and which one is fake, quote unquote. Um, but last year in the playoffs, he was 65% true shooting. And this year he was about 45. I like to think he's probably somewhere in the middle. Probably closer to 65. Yeah, he's probably mid to high 50s, I think, um, depending on, you know, the roster around him. But that's high-level guard production, right? That's high-level offensive production. He was legitimately one of the reasons that the Warriors won a championship, which means he is a winning player. (laughs) So it's another box that he checks off. He's giving you production, and he can help you win a championship. To me, it's not many players that do those things that aren't making 27, 28, 30 million a year. So we need to stop that all. He's not worth the contract stuff. Is the contract going to hurt the team as far as roster construction and all that type of stuff and the tax bill, all that? Sure, we can add all that type of stuff. And that's why he potentially may have to be moved. But it's not he's it's not a bad contract because of him as a player. That that's got to stop. But having that contract actually is also helpful because they can move it and try to get something back in return for it. You don't sign him to that and you risk losing him. Right. Worst case scenario would have been not giving him that contract and he just walked and got that contract from somebody else. Because he annoyed (laughs) and he don't even like shit right now. So you don't know what type of time he would have been on this year. And then especially because he had a bad season and then if they tried to screw him and then not pay him something good because of the season, Mm -hmm. he's like, I know. Right. And then when it comes time, leave. And we screwed. Yep. So, you know. 
I just, I don't even know what else more to say about Jordan, but what has been said is real. And also because he likely, likely could be moved. A lot of teams have come up. There was also reports that there's a lot of interest in the league around Kaminga. No shit. No, no surprise. Kaminga also saying that he wants to stay with the team, but come on. His team was trying to meet with the Warriors brass if they did not already do that. So it's like, <laughs> I'm sure you want to stay with conditions, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just like, you know, we know that people are eyeing Kaminga. And even if they're not saying it as out loud about Jordan, there are people who met teams who know Jordan Poole's good and they would want him 